Father God, speak to us by your word. Jesus, say the words of the Father. Jesus, communicate it through the Holy Spirit because that's what you said your plan was. So we're listening, Dad. We're listening, Savior. We're listening, friend. (laughs) We're listening. And we want to be like you. We want to be known as your disciples, as your followers. Lord, God, we love you back because you first loved us. We are blessed by your revelation, by the way you speak to us and inform us of your purposes and plans in our lives. We of all people are most blessed. We are favored and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys there? Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to turn to chapter 8 and work backwards. That's where my bookmark was. Okay, Revelation chapter 1. Revelation is a deep book. It's a vast book. There's so much. John, the revelator. I think that's John, the disciple, right, who wrote John, the book, the gospel, and 1 John, those epistles, okay? One, two, three. I think it's the same guy. Good evidence that it is the same guy. And he's going to say some things. This guy had been burned in a cauldron of oil, history says, and survived. And then Domitian like, sent him to the Isle of Patmos to rot. Can't kill you. I'll silence you. I'll put you with our worst prisoners in isolation. This is just a side note, but one thing you'll notice in Revelation is he talks about the sea a lot. Hmm, I wonder why. Because <laughs> he's seeing it a lot, right? It's water all around him. He's in isolation. Good visuals. We are blessed, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're blessed in, in three ways here, okay? That I see in, first, uh, in the first seven chapters. There's so much, I could take so many angles, but... We are blessed, first of all, to know Jesus. What if you didn't know Jesus? There was a time you didn't know Jesus. You're like, I grew up in the church. I always knew Jesus. Eh. You knew about him. But the knowing we're talking about is intimate. Right? We are blessed to know Jesus. So, look at... Verse 3. Let me just highlight this. Well, verse 1 says, The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants, that's us, the things that must soon take place. Soon, obviously, with God is different than your definition of soon. This book's been around a long time. But to him, it's like the next second. Because he's not bound by time like we are. He made it known by sending his angel. It's good uh, information. So there's a lot of angels talking in here. To his servant John. So John's going to write it all down for us. Who bore witness to the word of God. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. Even to all that he saw. So John saw some things. John heard some things. John looked at some things. John wrote some things down. And you can have this eyewitness account. Pretty cool. 
All right, now this verse, verse 3. Blessed. There's our word. We are blessed. Blessed. Blessed is to be happy, to be fortunate, to be happier. I like what Pastor Bob said. Before Christ, after Christ. Big difference. Different blessing. (laughs) Right? I'm happier now than I was before I met Jesus. The rich and better educated. That's one of the definitions of it, of blessed. The rich and better educated. Hmm. You have more information than the rest of the world. That makes you rich. Think about that now. No wonder he says, blessed is the one who reads aloud. Why? One, because did you know this about um, leadership and development and everything? Like, if you read something in your head, you retain so much. But if you read it aloud, you retain way more. There's percentages and all this. I could, I could have researched that. But like, it's the, they go up exponentially. And if you hear it, at the same time, you're saying it, right? So I'm reading it, I'm speaking it, and I'm hearing it, and I'm retaining so much more of it. Blessed is the one who reads aloud. Thank you, David, for reading aloud. You're blessed. The words of this prophecy, this book is prophetic. It talks about things that you wouldn't know if God didn't tell you. But now you do know. And blessed are those who hear. You were blessed just to be here and hear David read Revelation 1. You were blessed. That's what the Bible says. You're happier because you've heard it. And who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So there's some instructions here. There's some things to keep. There's some actions to do because of what we heard from the revelation of God. And all of these things, hearing it, reading it aloud, and keeping it, obeying it, bring blessing. Do you want to be blessed? I think we're all like, yeah. Hope my tax return's bigger. Hope groceries go down. Hope fuel goes down. I want blessings in every area, God. Hope that was prophetic right there. All right. So just, we just want it to, we want favor. We want blessing. Let me just say this to you. We have to get our eyes on what's a true blessing. A true blessing, we are blessed to know Jesus. We're blessed to know Jesus. To know Jesus. Okay, so watch what he does here. (coughs) Excuse me. Look at verse 5. And there's a paragraph in the middle of verse 5. It's kind of weird. It starts with two. Do you see it there? Two. You there? To him who loves us. Do you see it? Okay. Verse 5, middle of it. To him who who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Is that not an amazing revelation? Now, if you've never heard that before, that Jesus loves you, and that not only does he love you, he died for you, and his blood, righteous blood, never sinned, pays for you, covers your sin. But you have to ask for it. You have to agree with him. 
that it covers. You have to believe it. That's the one catch, right? The one catch is you could even know it to be true in your head. You know, the Bible's true. It's, I know it's true. But if you don't believe it in your heart, if you don't apply it to your life, it's like that in Exodus, wasn't it? What did they have to do? They have to dip and apply it to the doorpost. If you don't apply it to the doorpost, doesn't matter that you know the blood needs to go there. Make sense? You have to apply it. Apply it. Okay, so to him who loves us, Jesus loves you, God loves you, the Holy Spirit loves you. Come on! You can never hear that enough. And he has freed us from our sins by his blood. He made us a kingdom. A kingdom. You are a princess. You are a prince. Priests. Priests are special. Only the Levites were priests. But now you believe in Jesus, you're a priest. Following the great high priest, Jesus Christ. You're a priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. Just like he left, right? Acts 1. And every eye will see him. What does that mean? I mean, I'm just reading it literally. Every eye will see him. You're going to see him. You, personally, will see Jesus. All of it. Every. <clears throat> it says, even those who pierced him. I take that literally. There were people, guards, Roman guards, who pierced Jesus with nails and spear. And guess what? They're going to see him return. No wonder, it says, and all tribes of the earth will wail. Do you know what wailing is? <laughs> That's mourning. That's a deep, bitter, like... It's a big deal. It's like when you collapse. It was uh, August 4th, 2011. I was at home studying for a core group meeting that we were going to have in a, two days. It was a Friday, I believe. And I got a call from my brother. I'd never heard my brother like that. I'd never heard that tone of voice from my brother. He's like, Steve, I need you to get out here right now. Didn't even say where. Get out here. To the house I actually live in now. I bought his house. Get out to the house now. Chuck is dead. My cousin. And I'm like, a little color, please. You know, like, that demands some answers, right? But he didn't have time. That's all. 
It was about that short. Come out here now. Your cousin's dead. Click. I made it up one flight of stairs. And then I hit the floor in grief. That's wailing. When you, when you either can't, <laughs> you don't have the words, or when they come out, it's nasty, ugly, you know? It's just, ah! And on the kitchen floor, I wailed. Finally, because he said, get out here now, <laughs> I worked up the courage to get upstairs Get, get what I needed and get out the house. You've probably had a similar situation. Maybe you can relate. Jesus coming back. As glorious as this is going to be for us who are like, yes, we're not going to shrink back. Like it says in Hebrews. We're not going to shrink back. There are going to be those even churchgoers, I, did I just say that? <laughs> Even people who think they're saved, who say they believe, are going to shrink back and they're going to wail. All right, I spent a lot of time on that. I'm not sure why, but even so, amen. Even so, even though we know it's going to be hard for some people, God, even so, some of our loved ones are going to wail, even so, your will be done. Even so, amen, let it be so. That's what that means. Let it be like you have planned. There's so much more here, David's already read it, but just look at the words. I heard, I saw, I heard, I saw. Verse 17. When I saw him, I fell on my feet as dead. What did he see? Do you remember? Feet like burnished bronze, eyes like flames of fire. This is the one that gets me. How can you see eyes like flame of fire when his face is in full strength? You can't look at a face like the sun in full strength. He's telling you what he can see. He obviously can't see much because he's blinded by the face of this dude, right? He's got a sword like a tongue, like a tongue like a sword. Like the, the imagery, I went online to try to show you a picture. It's goofy. The imagery is just not good. I'm like, I can come up with better stuff. I wished I was an artist. I'd draw this thing. Like, I could come up with better stuff in my own mind than that. So I'm not going to get you onto corny. But like, can you picture Jesus? Because Jesus is the one you love. Jesus is the one you want to see. Jesus is the one you want to be with. And guess what? We're blessed to know Jesus. He's describing Jesus to us. He does this in Colossians 1. When he describes Jesus, you like want to memorize that, you want to get to know it, you want to know him. So when he comes, you're not shrinking back, you're not confused, you're like, oh, that's, that's Jesus. Yeah, I'm with him. 
That guy, that's me and him. You don't want to be confused, and you won't be, trust me. He says, I fell at his feet as though dead. But look at Jesus. This will get us into our second point. But he laid his right hand on me. How personal. The second point is, we are blessed to be known by Jesus. Jesus knows you. He not only reveals to you what he looks like, but he knows you. Puts his right hand on him. How personal. And he says, hey, don't fear. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I'm alive. I died. Yeah, that's true. Good, true story. But I am alive forevermore. He's never dying again. I have the keys of death and Hades. Just think about that. Who has authority over death? Jesus. Right now. You're like, well, I don't believe he raises people from the dead. Well, then you don't believe in Jesus. Because Jesus can raise people from the dead. And if he can raise people from the dead, what else can he do? Anything under that? He can grow a limb back. I don't have a hand. Okay, grow it back. Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. And Jesus can do a lot more around people who have faith than who have unbelief. That's clear in Scripture. When he goes home to his hometown, they don't believe him. He could hardly do any miracles. This is Jesus. This is the God you serve. This is the one that does everything. Did a few things. That's it. Why? Unbelief. Makes it clear. But over here in this realm, we're all like, hey, I know God can do it. Whether he chooses to or not, that's up to him. But I'm praying for healing. I'm praying that you be set free. And then let Jesus do it. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. It's amazing. We are blessed to be known by Jesus. So, chapter 2. Look at verse 2. What does it say? So let me read it out. 2 verse 2. What does it say? I know. I know. We are blessed because Jesus knows us. I'm blessed to be known by Jesus. He knows his works of this church. Look at the next verse, verse 9. What does it say? First two words. I know. Look at verse 13. First two words. I know. I know where you dwell. I know Satan's home is there. Do you think that Satan's home isn't this world? Yes, this is his domain, except for the fact that he no longer owns it. The deed has been taken from him, and rightfully so, taken back to the rightful owner. Verse 19, I know. Chapter 3, verse uh, 1, I know. Chapter 3, verse 8, I know. Chapter 3, verse 15, I know. Do you sense a theme? Every church, what does he say? I know! I know you, Jess. I know what you're like. And he does something very personal. He gives him a personal account, testimony about himself. Then he says, hey, 
I have this, okay? I have a praise for you. Most of them get a praise, not all of them. Hey, you're good at this. I know that you're good at this. I see you. And then there's a problem. Hey, I see that in your life. No, I see that in your life. That's got to go. And here's why it's got to go. And then he gets to the purpose or the plan. He said, here's why it's got to go. This is what I want for you. And then he gets to the last thing, which Chris said earlier, the promises of God. He gets to a promise and he says, hey, if you'll do this, you're going to be a conqueror in my name and I promise I'll do this. Study the churches and overlay them on your own life. These are direct letters written to you. Yes, they were written to a church. Yes, they were in a time. Yes, they were. But they are written as a revelation. So they're written to you as well. Anything that applies, own it. If you're going through persecution, if you're being slandered, he tells you what to do. If your first love gets cold, he tells you what to do. If you're rocking it and on fire for God, he tells you you're cool and what to do. These these two chapters should be studied by every believer in Jesus Christ. All right? Because God knows you and he tells you exactly what he wants for you. And if that's not the best news you've heard in about a month, I don't know what is. All right. Last thing. From chapters 4, 5, 6, 7. We are blessed to know The future is in Jesus' hands. We are blessed to know that the future is in Jesus' hands. Not only does he hold you in the palm of his hand, but guess what? He just walked up to God Almighty, took the scroll out of his hand. Look at chapter 5. He takes the scroll out of God's hand and he says, I can open it. I'm worthy. It's amazing. Then I saw in his right hand of him who was seated on the throne. That's God Almighty. That's that's the Father. A scroll. I I love how we try to parse people out. (laughs) It is God in three persons. Okay. But it's like, he also is one. Okay? So when you read Revelation, the rest of the time we're reading Revelation, you're going to be like, Who's sitting on the throne? Is that Jesus or God? It's like they're sitting on each other's lap. I can't figure this out. It's like, yeah, they're one, okay? So like it gets weird, right? But right here, this is the imagery. You got God the Father on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back. That means it's complete. Nothing more can be written. The inside of the scroll and the back of the scroll, it's all, you can't even flip the thing over and start over. It's full, it's complete. It's done. Sealed with seven seals. It's secure. This will of God is secure. I love that you said that. That the will of God is secure. 
Rachel, that was great. I saw a mighty angel. I've really struggled with this because I was like, is this Satan? You know, usually he says it's Satan when it's Satan. But look at what he says. Proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seal? It's almost like somebody's taunting. So that's why I was like, is that Satan? Because like, I don't think a lot of angels are talking back, you know. But it doesn't say it's Satan, so I can't preach that. But it's a mighty angel. Satan is an angel, but it's a mighty angel. <coughs> Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal? Come on now. Who's worthy? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly. Sounds like some more mourning. Some wailing. Because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders, there's 24 elders, if you read the passage you know that, said to me, Weep no more, because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. It's past tense. So that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And then he goes into it. He goes into like just peeling them back and all that happens. And chapters 4 and 5 are so refreshing. If you ever get like, okay, this book, Revelation, was written in a time where Christians were being killed. Can we get the context here? What John is doing, John had been burned in a cauldron of oil and lived. He's exiled. Suffering and persecution are a thing, people. And it's coming. And he's writing to these people and he says, hey, you know what? Here's what will keep you going. Here's where patient endurance comes in. You know what? God wins. God has a plan. Yes, you can suffer. Yes, you can be persecuted. Yes, you can die for Almighty God. Yes. And you could do it with a smile on your face because that will bring more people to Christ. And the reason you can do it is because he lives. And not only does he live, he lives in you. <clears throat> so, three points. We are blessed to know Jesus. Can I ask you, by way of application, do you know him? If you don't, or if you're thinking about it, maybe you could flip over to a Isaiah chapter 6. Another throne room scene. Repentance is a thing. Coming and looking at your sin for what it is and being low and repenting of your sin and then what it says there is your guilt is gone. Isaiah chapter 6. Go read that. Your guilt is gone. Your guilt is gone. So the difference between before Christ and after Christ is pretty big huge. And if you haven't felt a big difference, then I'm telling you, do you know Jesus? Because some people, the Bible's clear, some people say they know Jesus and they don't know him. Some people think they know him so much they're going to say to him, hey, didn't we cast out demons? I never did that. Do you know Jesus? That's the question. We are blessed to know Jesus. Do you know him? 
If you do, then patiently endure. That's the application to those that are truly saved. Patiently endure. Okay. We are blessed to be known by Jesus. To be known by Jesus. To be known by Jesus. I know you. If you want more encouragement, go to Romans chapter 8. Verse 31 through 39 will ring your bell. No matter what situation you're in, no matter what circumstances, God is using them to sanctify you. That is what he is doing. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He's sanctifying. He's working in you. That's comforting. That offers me more hope. And the last one was, we are blessed to, be, to know the future is in Jesus' hands. Full surrender. Full sacrifice. The, the lamb that's slain. A lamb standing there that's slain. This is the lamb standing on his feet that has a throat cut. Blood dripping down. That's the imagery. You're like, that's gross. I know. That's your Jesus. He's a lamb. He's standing on his feet. But his throat's cut and he's bleeding. That's your Jesus. And guess what? He's able to hold the scroll. He's able to rip it open one at a time. He's in full authority over death and Hades. And he is in full authority over your life. Now, he can be in authority whether you want him to or not. Or you can be willing to be in harmony with him to yield to him and to work in this dance called life, to walk in step with the Spirit, and it can be a very powerful spiritual time. That's what we're going for. We're going for a walking in step with the Holy Spirit and a very affecting the whole atmosphere of this world because Jesus' kingdom is overlaid on Satan's domain. And we are here to persevere, to be the persevering salt that you know, perseveres the, the earth. We are here to be light so that we can shine around everybody and they can see that what they're believing is not true and that darkness is there. That's why we're here. And we're blessed to do it. We're blessed to be here. Don't grow weary in well-doing. We're blessed. All right, let me pray. Father God, thank you for these seven chapters, they are powerful and there's so much more that we left out, but I pray that something in there would strengthen someone, something in there would uh, encourage someone, something that would keep us going. Father, if there's someone in the room that needs to be saved in Jesus Christ, send the Holy Spirit to convict and convince because that's the only thing that will matter. I can't save anyone. Jesus, you've already done it. You've done the work. But unless they apply the, the Spirit to their life, it's not going to matter. Please, God, save people in Jesus' name. Secondly, Lord, keep us in your love and in your will. Sanctify us by, day by day. And we can't wait to be there with you. We know our future is in your hands. What a blessing that is. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's crazy right now. But we're walking by faith that this is exactly how you planned it to be and that you're fully in control. Oh, we are blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.